Are you a mum looking for some parenting inspiration, tips and advice, stories on the ups and downs we face in our lives as parents, some humour and a little bit of fun? Then you may have just found what you're looking for. Hi and welcome to the Parenting in the Thick of It show. I'm your host Louise Clark, a certified parent coach known to many as your parenting partner. As a mum to three teenagers, you can bet I've probably been there, done that and heard it all. Trust me, there'll be few things that I haven't experienced firsthand. I created this podcast because I just love to help mums like you find ways to navigate life in the thick of it and find a way out of it. A few months ago, I shared on my podcast the recording of a podcast that I was invited to attend as, uh, as an expert. So as a parenting coach, I was invited to the Parent Talk podcast, a podcast, a s- podcast, they call it a snack for your ears. I love it. It's hosted by Genevieve Kyle and Heather Fox. And they are two amazing mums who started this podcast and now have an amazing reach and are helping parents everywhere. And each week they interview different guests and experts to share um, anything and everything parenting. So I was invited to go and speak with them again. So they have recorded and posted episode 82 on the Parent Talk podcast. And I am going to share it here on my podcast. So this little intro will come to an end. You will hear different music and the introduction to the Parent Talk podcast on how to help our children move through their feelings with myself, Genevieve Kyle and Heather Fox. Enjoy. I hope you enjoy it. (laughs) Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle and co-host Heather Fox. Hi everyone and welcome to Parent Talk, broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area. We're here to inform, educate and support parents from the early years and beyond. Our show, it's a great way to expand your village and fill your parental toolbox with as many resources as possible. I'm Genevieve Gall, I'm your host here on Parent Talk as well as on the Parent Bal, which is our new French edition. I'm 43 year old and I'm a mom of two boys, Alexandre who is two and a half and Nathan who is almost one. I'm here with my fantastic co-host Heather Fox. Hi Heather. Hello everyone. Yes, Heather Fox here, co-host of Parent Talk. I am 41 years old and mom to Hudson and Madeline. Hudson is just over two years and Madeline is two months already. Wow. (laughs) Well, today we are talking about such an important subject, which is how to help your child move through their feelings, which is such an important subject today. We have with us today Louise Clark. Louise is a certified parent coach, a mindfulness coach, a podcaster like us, and a mom of three teenagers. Hi, Louise. Thank you for coming one Uh, more time. Hi, everybody. Lovely to be here. Thank you for having me on your show again. Yeah, such an important topic and such an important thing for parents to be able to help their children um, with. You know, at the end of the day, it's so important for children to be comfortable 
with their feelings. I think it's so important for all adults to be comfortable with their feelings. And so many of us are not. You know, when we are, you know, with someone who is feeling a certain way, it can be uncomfortable for us. It can make us feel very vulnerable. And there's nothing more um, upsetting to us as parents to see our children in a highly emotional state. You know, it can trigger us and it can bring out all sorts of feelings in us, especially when that state or that emotional state in our child is one where they might be sad or they're in pain or it's a, something negative. You know, we don't want our children to be feeling this way, but we have to understand and help our children understand that all feelings are okay. The behaviors that sometimes come with the feelings might not be okay, but the feelings are okay. And for children to understand that it's okay to feel sad, it's okay to be frustrated, it's okay to be angry. So how we respond to them is key in helping them develop the skills to be okay with their own feelings. So it's really important when we see our children feeling a certain way or they're acting in an, they're, they're emotional, that we validate their feelings. And in, for kids who are younger and who might not even have the vocabulary to express how they're feeling, we can almost see how they're feeling and we can help them with the words. So, you know, if a child is one and a half and doesn't have a huge vocabulary yet, we could say, you know, you look really sad. I see that you are feeling sad. They might not even know what that means, but they'll know they're feeling a certain way. And this word sad is correlating to how they might be feeling. So we can help them develop their language around feelings by validating their feelings. And we all know what it's like when we are feeling upset and we might come home. I might come home and I, I walk into the kitchen and my husband's in the kitchen. I go, oh my goodness, you won't believe what sort of day I've had. I feel absolutely awful. And he goes, well, what happened? And I'll go, I'll tell him the story. And he'll say, well, just, you know, do this. Just kind of, he tries to fix it. And all I want is to be heard. I just want my feelings validated. And that's why, you know, for, for women, their girlfriends are so important for them because women naturally do it. No offense to any men that might be listening, but women are typically more equipped to be able to give empathy, to be able to support another person through their feelings. You know, if you said to me, oh, I'm feeling so awful because my son... I had to take him to the clinic. He got stitches in his head. I'd go, oh, that's so awful. Isn't it terrible when you see your kid hurting and you feel so helpless? And you'll go, yeah, I know. So we have this, this interaction the and the connection. Mm -hmm. And it's so important for us to, to not dismiss the feelings that our children might be having because they're making us feel uncomfortable. And I think many men who struggle with this with their kids, I watch my husband with, with our kids, and I know he wouldn't mind me discussing this on the podcast, but you know, sometimes afterwards I'll say to him, all they wanted to hear was that you'd heard them, that you'd felt their feelings for them, with them. And it's hard for him. So we can validate feelings, make them understand that all feelings are okay, and we can give them the words for it and help them develop 
skills of empathy, because I do believe, you know, to be empathetic is a skill we can develop. Um, and it's so important for our children to to be able to to give empathy. So there's all sorts of things we can do, you know, with with our kids to to help them do that. And I sometimes, you know, my kids will come home and they might say, oh, mom, there's a guy in the class today and he really sucks at math. And I might say to them, but how do you think he feels? Do you think he's do you think he's really happy with his math? And they'll go, mm, probably not. And I'll say, so maybe can you put yourself in that kid's shoes? Can you imagine what it must feel like to be in a classroom and get your, your test results back and know you're the bottom of the class? Can you imagine how that must feel for him? And they'll go, yeah. And I'll say, yeah, he's a person. He's probably not happy that he's not done so well in a, in a test. But if you can have empathy for him, if you can walk in his shoes, it will help you be compassionate to him. It will help you be able to connect to him and support and help him through it because it's not it's not nice to be feeling certain ways at certain times. No, absolutely not. So where should we start when we want to help our child move through their feelings? First step, always to recognize that they're feeling a certain way and ask yourself if you're uncomfortable with it because if you're uncomfortable with it, the chances are you might dismiss it. Uh, oh, you don't need to be sad about that. Why are you crying? Because we're not sure about why they're sad or why they're crying. Versus, I see you're really sad. Wow, you've got big tears today. Um, how can I help you? You know, what's what's up? Talk to them about it. But but to recognize their feelings and say, you know, it's okay for you to be sad. I think it's really important for kids to understand that their parents are okay if they're sad. Because we were just talking earlier, Heather, you know, so many um, children hear their parents say, oh, I just want my kid to be happy at school. I just want him to be happy in his football class on a Saturday morning. I just want them to be happy. So imagine what that must feel like. I'm using empathy here. Imagine how that must feel like for a child when they know that we just want them to be happy all the time. But now this kid's sad. He's sad. He was in the soccer um, soccer on Saturday. He let he was playing goalie. He let in a goal. He's sad, but now he thinks, mm, "Mom and Dad want me to be happy. Maybe I should just hide the fact I'm feeling sad about the fact I let in a goal." So we have to be really careful what we say, the words we choose, so that children understand all feelings are okay. Because it's unrealistic to want our kids to be happy, happy, happy all of the time. They're pressured to be happy and they might feel that they're disappointing us if they're sad, frustrated, angry, whatever else they might be feeling because mum wants me to be happy. So Louise, are there different approaches that we should use um, for different ages, like toddlers compared to elementary compared to teenagers? Good question. And I think that, you know, if you're listening to this and you have young, you've got toddlers, then starting out with helping them develop their language around feelings and helping them understand that all feelings are okay and role modeling them that to them as well, especially dads, any dads that are listening, you know, it's so awesome for, for your children to hear you say, 
I feel really sad right now. I'm really mad. You know, I was mad at work today because someone did something to me. You know, you keep it in language that a toddler will understand or a tween will understand or a teenager will understand, depending on how old your kids are. But, you know, so if your kids are younger, you can start with this. If your kids, if this is new to you and you have, you know, middle schoolers or older teenagers, you can still start doing this. You know, if if your teenager comes in and they're moody and grumpy and not very happy or they don't look it and they might even slam the door, they might even react to you unfavorably and say something, walk in their shoes. Remember what it was like when you were a teenager. There's all sorts of things going on. So, you know, yes, I think there are different approaches for different ages, but I think helping them whatever age they're at know that all feelings are okay. And I've probably said that word, that phrase four times already, but it really, (laughs) it's important. And teenagers need to know it and middle schoolers and toddlers, whatever age. So you can tailor your language depending on how old your, your child is, but the fundamentals that you validate all feelings you you uh, put it into words for them. You mirror it back to them so they can feel that they've been seen and they've been heard. In one of the previous episodes, I know we talked about the iceberg and what's going on beneath the surface. So when someone a kid's feeling a certain way, they're crying. You're seeing the crying, the whining, the nagging. But beneath the surface, there's something else going on. So what is the unmet need? And to recognize it's okay to cry, be sad, whine. It's okay for you to whine whining, you might be frustrated, but translate it to them, translate it for them, give them ideas to help them understand why they might be feeling the way they're, they're feeling. And the other question for you is how should we react to our children's emotions? Sometimes it's hard, especially if it's insulting, like no mommy, oh, that's stupid or that's dumb. You know, I know that gets to the dumb and. Oh, it's really hard. Oh. It's really hard. And, um, you know, I think the, the first thing we need to do as parents is for us not to take it personally ourselves. You know, the two-year-old's two. When he goes, Mommy, I hate you. There are words. You know he doesn't hate you, so don't take it personally. You know, when your teenager says, You suck, you're the worst mother there is, door slammed. Don't take it personally. So back to our reaction How do we react to our kids' emotions? We want to react in a way, I don't, the word react always implies kind of explosive and big reactions. Well, not all the time, but yeah. No, but that's what we go, right? Yeah. That's what we think. Yeah, they're bigger. Whereas our response is is more of a um, uh, controlled. Yes. Potentially. Potentially controlled. Smart, um, emotional intelligence. Emotional output, output by us. But how, how do we control ourselves in the face of a toddler's emotional storm or a teenager's emotional outburst? That's key because when you are emotionally reactive, you've gone into your fight, flight and freeze zone in your brain, which is reptilian. You know, we were born with this. Every baby born is born wired to, to be able to react to the saber-toothed tiger that's going to chase them down. What happens is when we react as parents and we go into fight, flight, or freeze, and the child's in fight, flight, or freeze, two of those reacting together doesn't bode well 
But it's very easy for our child's reaction to evoke that kind of reaction in us, this panic, this freeze, this, you know, we just want to run away. So being able to tame our reactions, which is another podcast in itself, (laughs) but, you know, our reaction to their emotional storm will really influence how they interpret their own feelings as to whether the feelings are okay and our reaction to them will help will role model what they will begin to take on in the face of emotional outbursts from others in their lives so we have to look at it you know we are monkey see monkey do if we react in certain ways to certain things watch your kids because they will react this in similar ways to you it can be a bit of a bitter pill to swallow sometimes when you see your kid reacting in a certain way and you go, mm, that's exactly what I do. Mm-hmm. So that's being as scary. Is like his daddy. <laughs> yeah, I see the peas in a pod in two ways. Yeah, the apple doesn't <laughs> usually fall far from the tree. So I think we've there's a few things that we've talked about that hopefully will help parents be able to manage and uh, their child's reaction, but also manage your own just know that your reaction to their feelings is really important and if we react well it's going to help them move through their feelings in a more positive way than if we react negatively to it and dismiss them of their feelings it's easy to dismiss a kid of your their feelings inadvertently it's not cold it's 30 degrees outside how can you be cold i feel cold how can you be cold Mummy, I'm hungry. You can't be hungry. You just had dinner 15 minutes ago. But mommy, I'm hungry. You're not hungry. We're denying them of their feelings. They might be hungry. But even if you know there's no ways they can be hungry, they've just eaten, you know, three burgers and they say they're hungry, hmm, you're, they're still hungry. They're still entitled to say, I'm hungry. But we often react in a way that dismisses the feeling and it's it's not a, a not an ideal situation to be dismissed of your feelings. We all know what it's like when we're dismissed of our feelings. You were just saying earlier, it's not a it's not a nice place to find yourself because beneath it all, we all want to be seen and heard and validated and feel worthy and that we matter. So recognizing the feelings and emotions in our kids will help them feel seen, heard, worthy, and that they matter. Um, and I've also heard too. With when it comes to the parents' reaction, um, if say we do come from a place of that kind of fear, fight or flight type thing, that if we kind of show this non, how do I put this, like that we're not in control, that that makes our child feel even more insecure, and then that can kind of have an adverse reaction. So, oh, absolutely, yeah. you know, fear is a big thing. In fact, Dr. Shafali Sabari, who's my parenting guru, Oprah's favorite parenting expert, she believes, and I agree with her entirely, that the number one obstruction between a parent and a child is fear. When you think about it, there's not a situation that you will be able to prove it otherwise. You know, because it's scary for us when we see our toddler react in a certain way. It is, it's terrifying and it triggers us. But it's this fear. Fear will be underneath it somewhere. So absolutely. Yeah. All right. This is all beautiful tips here. I love this podcast. Louise, we can find you on our panel of experts. Where else can we find you? You can find me at your parenting partner, 
That's my website. So it's www.yourparentingpartner.com. I also have my own podcast, as you mentioned in the beginning. It's called Parenting in the Thick of It. It's on iTunes. It's on 12 other uh, platforms. And I also have a very cool uh, family organizer called the Parenting in the Thick of It Family Organizer, which you can also find on that website, parentinginthethickofit.com. Awesome. Heather, I think it's time for a conversation card. All right. So today, ladies, our fun little saying is to sleep tight. So, of course, meaning sleeping soundly. And um, here's the educational party, right, for the origin. (laughs) So sleep tight. So this comes from years ago. A mattress was placed on ropes, which were pulled tightly between two side rails of a bed frame. So, But sometimes the ropes would become loose, and hence the mattress would sag and be uncomfortable. So by tightening the ropes, a person would have a nice firm mattress and be able to sleep tight. Ah. (laughs) Uh So that's Mm. where that comes from. So are you more likely to sleep tight in a dark room or with a light on? Oh, you're easy on us today. I (laughs) Absolutely. I will sleep tight in a dark room on a firm mattress any day, any night. For me, I'm actually pretty easygoing. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, a dark room is fantastic, but um, light doesn't really bother me. I'm a good sleeper. (laughs) Once I'm asleep, I'm asleep. So yeah, so it's, it's okay. Either way. Yeah, I can sleep a little bit. Any, like I can sleep when it's light or when it's not, but I would say at night, yeah, dark room, I would choose this over a little light. I don't need a little night light. Nope. <laughs> We're done with the night lights. Forget it. Yep. Well, that concludes today's episode. I want to thank you, Heather and Louise, for joining us today and helping us grow our village. For our listeners, if you want to hear a little bit more about Heather and I, we are releasing some mini episodes called Real Mom Moments, where we talk about what's happening in our daily lives. If you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the contact us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or on any platform where you like to listen to your favorite podcast. You can always subscribe directly to this podcast on our website so you don't miss an episode of Parent Talk. Please take a minute to review us. We want to know what you think. And remember, there's nothing more powerful than feeling supported by a community of parents and sharing your thoughts, ideas, and experiences. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you for listening and have a great week. Bye. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner. for today's episode on the parenting in the thick of it show if you enjoyed the show please do share it with your friends and family and remember if you find yourself stuck in the thick of it and can't see a way out of it please send me an email i would love to help you my email is louise at your parentingpartner.com 
And don't forget to take a look at the Parenting in the Thick of It family organizer that I created. It's an evergreen family calendar guaranteeing 12 months of use from whenever you start. It also includes beautifully illustrated, informative and interactive monthly parenting theme pages to guide you through the year. It's the perfect organiser for busy families to keep track of all their activities, plus help parents be the best parent they can be. It's more than just a calendar. You can find the link for this and the other social media platforms that I am on below the description in this episode. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to being with you all soon. Bye for now.